This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Writing Excuses, Season 3, Episode 1. Woohoo! <laughs> World building history. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. All right, world building history. This is not world building history of world building. This is how to world build how history. To create a history for your world. Yes, and so we're not going to talk about historical accuracy. Um, that's a completely different podcast. We are going to talk about what you do, what we do, to give a feeling for the reader when they are reading our works that the characters have a history and that the world has a history that things have happened in the past. And that's really, I think, the distinction that you drew there yeah. is that you know you do not have to write an entire history book before you can sit down and write a yeah. novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyone who has been to college can compare the thickness of history books with the thickness of novels and determine where more writing would be involved. Yeah. You need to create the illusion it's that the that history mirrors. exists. It is it's the smoke and mirrors. mirrors. Mm-hmm. Now, depending on what you're writing and what your goals are, there can be a lot more there. Um, we talk about the iceberg. And people like to talk about the iceberg a lot in writing, that you need this big weight underwater to support the peak. Well, that's true, with a caveat. Um, sometimes you don't want to put all that weight in there. You just want to make the reader feel that you do. Mm-hmm. And in other places, you're going to need to. Um, and the, the distinction is, what are you going to use later on? Um, how big of a work are you working on? Um, how important is the history to the setting? All of these things. So let, let's dig into it. Um, Dan, first question. How can someone avoid world builder's disease? when they're world-building history. When they're world-building history. Because I personally feel that this is the place where people get into um, world-builder's disease the most. Yeah. Um, And if someone's going to stop their writing with something, a long digression, an info dump, it's going to be because the characters are walking along and another one says, well, the history of this place is, or you start your book Uh with, the history of this little town was. Um, How do we avoid that? Uh, The first thing, I think, is to know which parts of the history are going to actually be important to the story. Okay. You know, if your characters in a fantasy book need to go and retrieve the lost sword of whatever, 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 it is not, you know, in most cases, it is not going to be direly important that we know exactly who built this and why and where they came from and where it is and how that, you know, ancient well, we temple has know, fallen into five different that. hands. What we probably don't need to know is the history of the empire that was, that this sword was first used against. Mm-hmm. Well, we may, or maybe we might. Need to know, yeah, we, yeah, we might. See, well, that, that's, how, yeah. that's why I preface this with know what's important and what's right. not. Because... Maybe your story does require all that information. How Brandon, do you when you talked about when you talked about the, yeah. the tip of the iceberg, mm-hmm. okay, the if the if the part above water is your story, mm-hmm. everything that is white and it above water represents yeah. text that you have to have written. Yeah. Okay. The shape of the iceberg under the water. Yeah. Just the outline and a formula for the volume of that iceberg, and maybe an indication of the glacial striations through that are all you need to do. You okay. don't need to write a word 
for that entire see mm. that's volume. where people are going to disagree with you a lot of people so are you're using saying the iceberg say 90 percent as much that's history what people, world building that's what some authors say that for every word written there are 10 words written that don't appear in the book this is the that's that's the metaphor that people are using some people do this tolkien did okay. this tolkien for every chapter you got there was an equal amount of material um tenfold that he never that never ended up in the book so this is why fantasy has this issue is that people look at tolkien and say well he did it he spent 20 years doing it mm -hmm. and then then produced his books um and then you read the the tolkien books and you feel a weight of history because it was all written ahead of time yeah. How do we manage this? Do we do that, or do we do what Howard said? I'm, I do not want to be the guy who writes three, four, maybe five books that everybody's heard of. Uh, I, I want to be the guy who's written you know, two dozen books and who continues to write books and tell stories. And okay. I, I don't have time to write history books. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one, one thing that we have talked about before is uh, the unimportant details. You know, mm -hmm. something very important that you don't tell anyone and something unimportant that you do tell everyone. Okay. And if you have things like that in your book, your world will feel rounder. Okay. It will feel fuller than it really is because I, as a reader, reading it will go, oh, if, you know, if there's an actual history behind this food that they're eating, this special dish, then maybe I, I'm going to assume that you know everything else. And that's going to give enough historical weight to the book that you don't actually have to write all yeah. the rest. Okay. You just have to make us think you do. So I guess one piece of advice I would give to readers to decide what you're trying to do. Um, because there is, a, there is a continuum here. There are people that work like Tolkien does. Um, you know, Connie Willis doesn't write a book every year. In fact, she has a book come out every three or four years, or maybe every four or five years. She spends a lot of time researching them, and a lot of time working on them, and then finally re releases the book to much critical acclaim. Um, the danger, so that's, yeah. that's, that's like one epic, end. Epic literary fantasy or yeah. something. Yeah, hers are more science fiction-y, but yeah. Okay. Um, but if you're, that's one end of the spectrum. And then the other end of the spectrum are the, um, are the people who will remain nameless, but that are writing a book every two or three months. Um, obviously, if you're going to write a book in every two or three months, you can't do any of that. Um, mm -hmm. I like to fall somewhere in between. I like to have a lot of weight of world building and planning, but I do want to be able to write a book every year um, because I want to be able to release a book every year and I want to make a living at it yearly. If you're writing one every five years, that book's got to earn five times as much as the one I'm writing every year. Um, and so I try for a balance. I use smoke and mirrors in some places and I simply do the work in other places. Um, well, I don't yeah. think you can ever get out of doing the work. Mm -hmm. If world building is at all important to your book, then, yeah. then you have to do some of that work. It's like Dan said, you know, the, the history of the food mm -hmm. or, you know, the important snippets of history for the magic sword. Some of that has to be written down in detail yeah. so that you get all those details right. But as long as you can touch on a few of those places, um, you get the sense that the rest of that body of the iceberg and see, exists. For me, what I'm doing is I will world build that sword. I will know the history of the empire. I will know the history of the sword. I will know the people who have held it. What I won't know are the histories of the other swords that don't appear in the book mm, that I can okay. mention. And so since I've done all the work on this one, you will assume smoke and mirrors that they all have that history too. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Um, if, if that makes any sense whatsoever. It does. Um, but we need to break for a commercial. Um, Howard? Um, how did you get your forehead so shiny? 
Hey writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by bringing things to you from writing excuses. <laughs> it's true. You, too, can advertise here at writingexcuses.com. Just follow that link over there in the uh, left-hand, right-hand sidebar, right-hand sidebar. Right, left-hand sidebar. Follow that link <laughs> on the left-hand sidebar. One of the sidebars has a link. Mm -hmm. One of the Somewhere. sidebars has a link, and yeah. you can sponsor Writing Excuses, and we will do a much better job of reading your ad than we did reading this one. So anyway, this kind of shine does not come cheap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, uh, let's focus in on the topic a little more. We've talked a lot about conceptually world building and things like this, which I want to talk about history. How do you do history right? How do you make history specifically feel good? You what do can't you do? spell the word history without spelling the word story. Okay. I like to tell stories with my little historical snippets. Okay. Anytime I'm throwing a footnote in, uh, it's usually because I want to tell a joke, and often the joke is about a historical funny, mm -hmm. um, and I, I want to tell a story there. Uh, going back to the magic sword uh, analogy um, or example, it's not an analogy, uh, you've got the magic sword was used against some particular empire. Knowing that that happened, yeah, there's the a story, story in it. of it. There yeah. is a story in it. Sit down and write that story. That's a good you don't point. need to write the dialogue necessarily, mm -hmm. but you need the names, the places and you know who lived and died yeah. and write a little paragraph about what happened as if you were writing a wikipedia entry mm -hmm. or okay and, How, and that's um, fun dan yeah. 
Um, my, my books, uh, since they're just set in Earth, don't have a lot of world-built history to them, but the characters do. Yeah. And one of the things specifically I wanted to point out was uh, the main character, John, his dad left. And that's kind of a big deal over the course of the three mm -hmm. books. And I sat down and I figured out all the circumstances under which the father left. Right. But I never explain what happened and what it was like to live with him. And because John doesn't know a lot of that. Yeah, he doesn't. And, and you can get a sense, as you read it, you go, oh, well, this seems like it was a pretty bad relationship, you know, and all these other things. And you don't know what the father did to cause a divorce. Mm-hmm. But you know that a divorce but happened, and that do colors know, the story. But Dan knows that. Dan, Dan knows, okay. but you guys don't need to. And the details that you get are about how he left, and so the why just kind of gets filled in by the, the way the characters act. So, and that gets filled in because I know, Yeah. but that just suggests, it implies more than it... A it, it couple things I'm saying right here. Howard says, look for the story. Um, Dan is uh, essentially look, saying, looking for the conflict. Mm -hmm. Look for points of conflict and world build there. It came out in our world building podcast that we said that. How, how do we treat history differently than other types of world building, though? Um, I think history, w one of the things that's fun to look at with regard to history is uh, the whole concept of history repeats itself. Okay. It can be very fun to world build history mm -hmm. when what you are writing is something that is actually foreshadowing events that are going to happen in the book. Yeah. You know, this happened the, you know, the same way a second time. Uh, mm -hmm. Robert Jordan's A Wheel of Time, right. or yeah. The Wheel obviously does a lot right. of that. That's the whole concept. The, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh -huh. um, so borrow from the greats and um, employ that to some extent. Yeah. Did the, you have the, no, oh, yeah, sorry. I was going to say the, uh, the second thing is um, uh, the causative nature. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is part of our, uh, our programming as human beings to look at the things that happened to us and try to describe why they happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the way, your, the way your, uh, your story opens, the, you know, the opening states of the characters and the nations, the landscapes, whatever, something caused that. And looking at those causes, or looking at the fact that a cause must exist, will often tell you, oh, well, gosh, this mountain looks funny because a wizard hit it with a magic sword. Right. Okay. Boom, story. Yeah. I've got a mm -hmm. place to start. Yeah, now... One thing that I want to point out here that, that kind of ties into that point is in the actual study of history, one of the worst things you can do is what they call monocausationalism, which essentially says never assume that one thing caused something else. Yes. You know, when you look at the Civil War, don't, you know, we, we no longer say that that war was fought solely because of slavery. There's right. actually dozens of reasons that it happened. And so I think a piece of advice, excuse me, a piece of advice for listeners is when you're building a history, don't go the monocausationalist route. Okay, you know, right. have it round enough that you don't just point at one thing you and know, simplify. I want to jump in on this yeah. because one of the notes I wrote down when preparing for this podcast is something we have a problem with in fantasy is that. Um, not only will we often say there was one cause, but everyone in every nation and every and all across the knows world that that knows that that was the cause. That's the cause. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially yeah. there's one history for the entire world. Remember also that history is defined by who is looking at it and who writes it down. And different people are going to interpret differently, um, and you're going to have wildly different views on events that happened in the past. That is one of the mm -hmm. things that I love about the, uh, the Iron Kingdom's role-playing setting, okay. uh, is that uh, as players, we know there, there is a solid history that we know about, but de as characters, depending on w which background you get, uh, you don't know 
the nature of some of these things. And in fact, the, the game guides are designed to give you backstory right. that says, yeah. you know what, if you grew up this way, you don't believe in this right. god, yeah. or if you mm-hmm. do believe in it, you believe that it you know, originated in this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's fascinating, yeah. and it's great advice for writers. Yeah. Now, I want to do say, this is tough to do. I've tried to do it. It's very hard to do, to have a small segment of characters and get across to people that the world is viewed in so many different ways. It's very difficult to do. But I want to take one step back and say, when you're world-building history, ask yourself, what is the purpose? Um, I'm very goal-driven when I write, and maybe this is why this helps me, but what is the purpose? Why are you, are you working on this history? Um, I come up with two answers. Um, one is to give this immersion, to make you feel like the world is real, and the other is to provide conflict, to set up conflicts that re- reach back through time that are now influencing the, the, the characters and making your main conflict here. And so when you're world-building your history, looking at those two things and saying, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing? How am I using this in my story? What is it going to add? And if it, the answer is it's not really going to add that much, it's just fun, that's when you stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that, that's, what I was gonna, that, that's what I was gonna bring up next is that if you are telling, if you are writing these histories and they are fun stories to tell, but they are not helping you yeah, shape your main story, mm-hmm. then you either need to go into those stories and say, you know what, I'm having so much fun telling this story about the wizard and the magic sword cutting a hole in the mountain that uh, I'm just going to write that novel. Or I'm going to okay. make it much more important to the conflicts that are happening in mm-hmm. our story. it's time to stop and, right. uh, yeah. and, and write something else. Um, One thing that uh, during the the break that um, producer Jordo brought up that I think is worthy of mentioning, um, early on the first half of the podcast, I kept wanting to ask the question, we never got to it, of how do you decide what is important enough to spend your time world building it? How do you pick these elements that you're going to put in? Um, The advice he gave, which is great advice, is just write the thing and then figure out where your points of conflict are. Or as you're writing, you will come up come to a point and say, you know what, this sword is becoming really important to the story. I'm gonna need to know so I can give the hints that I, that I need to. And at that point, you can stop and world build the sword. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always okay to go back and fix it. Yeah. All right. Um, except for me. Except for you. Sorry, <laughs> Howard. Luxury. Um, all right. Luxury. Um, writing prompt us, Howard. Okay. Um, uh, writing prompt. Let's. Uh, there's a war. You're writing a historical paragraph about a war that has five distinct causes. Come up with all five, and and justify them. All right. Thanks. This has been writing excuses. We are done. You are out of excuses. Now go write. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.